0: I've had times all of us have had times where we're just you know scrolling and the next thing we know 30 minutes has gone by and you never go oh that was such a great use of my time I am a better more wonderful person now because of that we never have that usually we feel like crap yeah right we're like okay I'm not thin enough I'm not pretty enough my house isn't as nice I'm not able to go on these amazing vacations. So that's what adults do to themselves. So imagine the teenage brain.
1: There are lots of different types of episodes of the culture hall. Sometimes we just get really nerdy and historical, right? And there are other times where you're like, oh, I didn't know that, whatever that uh, might be. Other times it's an author who comes in and wants to tell us about what their book is about and you know m- why we should want to learn more about that particular subject. This interview is none of those things. This is one where we really are going to need to take a good long look at what we do. We're talking all about our phones and social media. We sort of couch it within the uh, context of children but i really think that most if not everything that we talk about in this episode could certainly apply to us uh, no matter how old we are and no matter whether we are parenting children or not it's it's a good episode it's a uh, maybe a hard episode if we're being honest with ourselves and our intentions uh, but w- whether it's good or whether it's hard it is in fact this episode of the cultural hall
2: Give us land,
1: it's time for another episode of The Cultural Hall. This time we are visiting with Dina Alexander, and we've already had the conversation back and forth. I'm going to do my very best to not go Dinah all throughout this interview, uh, because <laughs> even though I got it right, Dina the first time, when I look at it, I go, Dina." No, it's Dina. Uh, Dina Alexander founded Educate and Empower Kids. She looks to strengthen families and help parents, especially LDS parents to compassionately have difficult conversations with their children that they may be avoiding she talks about things like lgbtq healthy sexuality talking to your children when they have questions racism tolerance and many more and i thought man those are all great subjects how can we try and incorporate all of them maybe into one uh conversation so we are going to talk about social media the digital age with our kids and, and before you're, if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't have kids, fast forward, fast forward, I think there will be some great pieces of advice that we get from this discussion that apply to those of us who just have a hard time shutting off the social media or not engaging, which is where I find myself particularly uh, <laughs> struggling recently. Uh, welcome, Dina.
0: Thank you. I'm excited to be here.
1: Now, uh, we always have to get to know you a little bit before we get into the subject matter at hand. Uh, I happen to know that you are in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, which I know very little about, except that that's where uh, Bugs Bunny wanted to go. Mm.
2: See, you know, I knew I should have made a left turn at Albuquerque.
1: And that it's in New Mexico. I think of like every like traditional, like, uh, not Aztec is not the word I'm looking for, but like, um, you know, your Western town, like... Like it's all earth colors and you know everything is made of adobe and you have all sorts of things like that. Is that true to form?
0: It is. It's very southwesty here. It's very difficult to find a house that is not some shade of brown or beige. Um, but you kind of get used to it and then you embrace it. We are lucky that we have beautiful mountains. We're high desert, mm-hmm. so it does get nice and cool at night uh, where I am right now. It is snowing today, which is bizarre. It's a little early, but. Um, it's it's a it's one of it's to me it's a hidden gem even though you know people associate Albuquerque with crime because huh. of that delightful show Breaking Bad sure sure um, a
1: lot of the little blues right the little yes yeah, uh, meth- yeah but New
0: Mexico them. but New Mexico has a lot of other just it's just it has a lot of beautiful oh. beautiful scenery <laughs> great hiking I you were say,
1: I thought you were going to say it has a lot of other drugs not just. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we don't ju- we don't discriminate yeah, no, here. No, no, no. We, we, we do will all they, they will sell you any drug you want yeah, here. Yeah, what so. do you want? <laughs> so, yeah, don't don't you worry. <laughs> so, but
1: you're not from Albuquerque, are you? Tell me, tell no. me, tell me your life story that leads you to Albuquerque.
0: So I grew up in the Los Angeles area. I've been a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints my whole life. Uh, went to BYU. Heard of my it. Hu- went to be went, met my husband there. Mm-hmm. I've heard I of that to too. The, Went to the University of Utah for my master's degree. Uh, Then we came to New Mexico for medical school. Lived in Pennsylvania during residency for five years while my husband did his residency. And then we came back to the Los Alamos, Santa Fe area. Uh, Los Alamos is where they have the nuclear lab up Mm. there where they built the nuclear bomb. And uh, then we lived in Texas for four years. And then now we're back. In the Albuquerque area. And so,
1: so why the bouncing around? I feel like when you're a doctor, you kind of go, once you get out of residency, you go, I want to live in this town and don't have to do the moving around.
0: We thought so too. And then God was <laughs> like, aren't you adorable? Aren't you adorable that you think you get to call the shots here? So when we started in New Mexico, we did, we thought we were going to stay up in that Los Alamos area entirely. But then we started building the practice out, came to Albuquerque, and then we very strong prompting that we needed to go out to Texas. Um, built the expanded the practice out there to Texas. Um, my husband still has offices in Texas. Has offices all through New Mexico. What and kind so of doctor he, is he? He is ear, nose, and throat. Oh. So he focuses on sinus surgery. That's something that he is basically one of the best in the country in well, sinus surgery. Well, so it's his thing. Thing. Yeah.
1: Does he get a lot of people that come over to the house and be like, "Is it deviated? Is it? Is it? Can you? Can you just?" because i i feel bad for uh doctors in particular within the church because everyone wants to get that little bit of free advice or like if you're anything at all in the health profession like oh you're you're an ear nose throat doctor i need stitches can you take care of me and it and he's like well i mean i i guess i can
0: he can and he does and he he doesn't mind i think we had it a lot more when he was when he was fresh out of residency mm-hmm. but he was also the bishop at that time yeah. so that might have been it but I would say people are usually respectful or they will text me first <laughs> to ask. And so I sometimes act as a gatekeeper, but I'm I'm always like, oh yeah, he can help you. Here's his number, text him. But it's more um and so he doesn't mind any of that, especially if they will come to the house or just come to the office. Sure. I think I think the only issue we have is, which we of course have had, and every doctor I'm sure in the church has had is when members ask you for pain medicine. You're right. And this is illegal and uh my husband laughs he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to risk my license right. so that you can have some pain meds." It's like so that's um that's always fun. And so those are the people I think that we don't appreciate. But I'd say for the most part people are, you know, just they're like usually in a desperate situation. Sure. It's Saturday night and they have a kid with a high fever and a sore throat and he's, you know, I would say most doctors are don't have a problem with that especially when it's a, a child or a teenager or just somebody in a lot of pain do you it's get members like do you get members
1: it, of the church you feel like that are like doctor shopping a little bit like hey is it like that kind of thing or do you think it's on the up and up and they're just like listen I I could but the doctor I can't get in that that seems that seems a little sketch to me
0: yeah it can well for us it's more um again like being in New Mexico there's not a lot of specialties mm. so um we understand that people you know, and who wants to wait three or four months for an appointment. And that, that is something that is common here because again, a lot of people don't want to come here. And so we are severely lacking on specialties here in New Mexico. And so he, we get that. We, we, (laughs) we like, so he doesn't, again, he doesn't mind when it's, it's the person who there's always one person in a ward who will call you again and again, and then they expect things for free right? and they get mad if you don't do it their way. And then that's where you're like, no, you're creepy. Yeah. Um, we're doing you a favor. You don't, you don't get to call the shots here on free medical care. You know, you just if you don't like it, you can go to the urgent care or, you know, something else, which that's pretty rare. Yeah. I have,
1: I have a particular sense of empathy being in like uh, what I do, right. I host this show and I host some other shows. And so I'm sort of in the multimedia, right. I've never really had that experience, right. It's not my teenager needs multimedia help on a late Saturday night. Can, Can you please right? But I had an instance with that recently in the ward where um, a guy was doing that very thing. Can't you be here at one? And I'm like, no, I can't be there at one. I work. So it it, it gave me a, a tremendous insight as to what those that are in demand, lawyers, doctors, those kind of things within the church must experience that I'd never had the opportunity. That's fun. So w- what uh, you met at BYU, like I said, i never heard of that. What was it about him or what was, it about you for him that you guys were like, "This is it. This is the magic."
0: Um, well, the very first time I saw him, it was my second semester. I was still a freshman. Well, at Well, that,
1: that's the way it's done.
0: <laughs> I guess so. But back in 1996, it was, really? um, and it um, he they asked all the returned missionaries to get up and bear their testimony. It was like in January, right? That first Sunday back, and he got he got up and gave this beautiful talk, and I I was impressed, but I. I didn't really think much of him, you know, but as we got to know each other, what I noticed was that he was kind to Mm. everybody, Mm. not just cool people, not just attractive people, not just, you know, every, just everybody in the ward, whether they were weird or nerdy or obnoxious, he was just a kind, kind person. And that stood out to me. And even again, at that young age, um, when we were dating my sophomore year, et cetera, I just knew this was going to be a great husband and father yeah. you know and that, that it would be somebody strong in the church that I wouldn't have to drag to church wouldn't have to drag to the temple wouldn't have to be like hey can we do scripture study come on like I knew and and I I was blessed that that's how it stayed mm-hmm. and that he is um that, that we can both equally do that so it's not like one of us is spiritually superior to the other we both are basically keep up with each other which has been a huge, huge blessing. But I guess that's also me coming from a home where my father never wanted to go to the temple. My mother always just went on her own, Mm -hmm. you know, didn't really want to do his callings, stuff like that. And so that was something I saw as a child that I saw caused contention. um, And I did not want that. So I'm, I'm really, really blessed and lucky like that. Kids? Yeah, I've got three kids. I have a 20 year old, one on, she's on her mission.
1: Where's she serving?
0: She's supposed to be in Uruguay, but because of because of COVID, she's in Idaho. Oh yay. Um,
1: they're yeah. exactly the same. Idaho yeah. is the Uruguay of North America. Absolutely.
0: Yes. Absolutely. It really is. <laughs> and so um we'll see if she gets to go down to Uruguay. My family is from Ar- my parent my mom is from Argentina and so I really hope she gets to go down to South America, but the how, Lord's will be done. How,
1: so, how long has she been out and is she enjoying Idaho or what's her experience like?
0: She did home MTC in June mm-hmm. and then July went out. So she's been out there a few months and she likes it and there is some work to be done. And again, because of COVID, she's able to do online lessons with basically anybody in the country. Yeah. So my husband is the only member in his family. So she has actually been doing the discussions with my mother-in-law Oh, and cool. uh, even though she's had the discussions before, my mother in law is actually getting really serious about it, coming to church, and we'll see what happens. But that's kind of one of those blessings that never would have happened, but it is happening because of COVID. You know yeah. that my daughter is having this missionary experience with her mother in law, and so we'll we'll see what happens, but. It's progressed further than it ever has. And so stuff like that, that she's able to, teach. like I said, she's able to teach an old friend in Texas, an old friend in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. that that's kind of, so she uh, is enjoying that. And then I also have a 17 year old who's a senior in high school. And then I have a 14 year old who is a freshman in high school.
1: Mm, nice. Nice. So uh, when we get into this, so talking about social media and kids, you know, you know, every bit of it.
0: I know the research and I've lived with it. I've made the mistakes. I've made good choices. I've done dumb stuff. So yes, I I'll, I'll, I know it.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about it. Let's take a break real quick. And when we come back, uh, maybe let's talk about uh, some of the dangers. I think that we, we talk about, it. I don't want to give fear too much power, but I do want to give the realistic, like what we have to be aware of as our kids are inter- interacting on uh, social media. So we'll come back and do that in the second block of the Cultural Hall. 2020 is a tremendous year, and we're so excited to be partnering with Deseret Book. Go to theculturalhall.com, look for the Deseret Book ad. It's right there, right-hand side. It's big it says save 15% off with the Cultural Hall. You click on it, you'll be taken to a bookstore that features all of the books that have been featured here in the Cultural Hall, and you can purchase them for 15% off. Now, if for some reason you think, oh, well, I'm just going to go to my own link, use the promo code Richie when you check out, still be able to save that 15%. We're excited. 2021, the partnership with Deseret Book. If you're shopping at Bezer- Deseret Book, please, please, please use the link from the culturalhall.com or use the promo code Richie. Here in the second block of the Cultural Hall, uh, we're going to get to what we need to be aware of with our kids. But first, I need to let you know that you should see the shirt that Dina is wearing, and you can't see it if you're not a Patreon subscriber of the Cultural Hall. You can go to patreon.com forward slash the Cultural Hall in that secret but not sacred Facebook group that you get to be a part of if you're a Patreon saint Uh, You get to see all of the videos of all the episodes whenever we record them. And you can see, I think it's cherries. I haven't asked her, but it looks like two very beautiful Albuquerque cherries that are, oh, four. Nope, six. There's too many cherries to count on her, uh, but you can check them on her sweater. Uh, Cardigan, correct? Am I right? I'm Uh, a cardigan gal. So you could be able to see those if you are a Patreon subscriber. It's worth more than that, but it is worth (laughs) noting that you would be able to check that out. You can make a, a contribution of 5 or $10 a month, and we would love you to do that. Now, Dina, what, what really do we need to be afraid of as we, I mean, I, I sort of focus this as kids, but I guess it really applies to all of us. What do we need to be aware of that maybe we're not or that we need to be more aware of as far as interacting on social media?
0: Uh, there are a few things. I would say, first, um, just how addictive it is. So whether you have kids or not, social media, smartphones, these are very adult tools. And anybody who gets on will find that it can be very addictive. It's a time suck. You want to just scroll through, scroll through. And most of us are not behaving very well. It's really easy to say cruel or inappropriate things from behind a screen, especially now Mm -hmm. in the middle of COVID, there are a lot of political um, unrest, a lot of unhappiness, a lot of frustration. And people are just saying whatever comes off the top of our head and that doesn't happen when you can see somebody in the eyes mm-hmm. you know that you you can see that reaction of oh, like you said something like that and you pull back you don't have that that instant feedback in social media and so we're not our best selves i would say that's one of the first dangers another one is that it is not filtered i know many lobbyists and experts around the country who have been trying for several years to have different kinds of blocks filters or different things for Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and they are making little to no headway on any of that because of uh, free speech and other issues. So when our kids are on in particular, it can be very dangerous. It doesn't matter what kind of great filtering system that you have on your home computer or on your phones. Like in our home, we have Circle. And we have Circle Go for our phones. Tell people what that and, is
1: in case they're not familiar.
0: So it's a, it's a filtering system um, and it monitors time, websites, etc. But with social media, there is no way to really monitor what your kids are looking at or what your partner is looking at. You And it's not just porn. You know, I've spent a, I've spent a lot of my last few years researching the dangers of online porn and what that does to couples, but also particularly to kids. But that's not even all that is, even though you can't, you can't filter porn out of social media. Mm-hmm. Now, if you just go and do a straight search for porn on Instagram, you're not going to come away with much. But if you look at certain hashtags, certain emojis, then yes, you will. And you will also have porn stars that are messaging you. And that's for our kids as well, messaging you, DMing you, trying to get you to subscribe, to follow them, et cetera, that you have no control over as a parent. So there's that danger. Mm-hmm. There is also, again, some other sad, terrible habits on there. There are plenty of pages with self-harm. Girls and boys showing their cutting, their other ways of doing that very unapologetically. And some of these people are really suffering. And you have you know pity and compassion for them. But some of them are wearing it as a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. And this is never a great thing for the impressionable Teenage brain that is not fully formed. Um, I think we forget, as parents and adults, that kids' brains are not done developing until 22, 23 years old. Right. And so all of those things just really sink into a kid's brain. So there's that. There's eating disorder pages, etc. Plus just the general hypersexualized media, and plus all of the constant comparison.
1: Yeah, and bullying. You know, I feel like that's the where bullying, that starts to come in. Absolute,
0: too. There's absolutely bullying. I think as adults, you know, one of the things that we get sucked into is comparing ourselves. Comparison truly is the thief of joy. And there is no way for me to sit here and scroll through social media uh, for two hours, put my phone away, and then feel really great about myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I never come away. If I've just been wasting time. You know, and usually I try to stop myself and get, do what I, you know, something intentional, post something, maybe do something positive and get off. But I've had times, all of us have had times where we're just, you know, scrolling and the next thing we know, 30 minutes has gone by. And you never go, oh, that was such a great use of my time. <laughs> I am a better, more wonderful person mm-hmm. now because of that. We never have that. Usually we feel like crap. Yeah. Right. We're yeah. like, okay, I'm not thin enough. I'm not pretty enough. My house isn't as nice. I'm not able to go on these amazing vacations, so that's what adults do to themselves. Mm-hmm. So imagine the teenage brain. Yeah, what that does, you know, where that they're seeing somebody t- contemplating suicide, they're seeing friends that are thinner than them, richer than them, and then they have, you know, their friends and their, you know, their they're, sexy, they're posed, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. you know, because that's something else that we don't, we we do not think about as adults that we have you know before the big issue you know for our parents say in the 80s and 90s was that kids being exposed to hypersexualized media well now the concern that we have is we don't as our kids creating their own hypersexualized media self objectifying themselves you know trying to get that those likes those little pats on the back mm-hmm. for how pretty or sexy i am or how cool and tough and pissed off teenager yeah. i am right <laughs> And none of that is helpful yeah. for the for the psyche, for the soul. That's never gonna make us go, ah, peace, you know, we're never gonna feel intelligent or, you know, really truly happy by those experiences. Yeah,
1: it's interesting to note too that um within several of these and you sort of alluded to it. Actually, you 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 outright said it, but it's worth repeating that like a lot of these platforms are designed to get you into that trap right when we think about the likes and the, you know, the hearts and the emojis and everything that go along with it when we post something. Like they're designed to You know, I can see that I got 100, you got 120. Why is that way? There's only 500 people that follow me, but there's 600 people that follow Dina. I'm not as good as Dina is and all these things designed to do that kind of stuff.
0: Absolutely. Just like, you know, 20 years ago, you know, you would, you know, flipping through a a women's magazine. Most of us don't really look at magazines anymore. Mm -hmm. But back in the day, you're looking through a magazine. Those magazines were geared to make you feel bad. They still are, that mm-hmm. you feel like I need to have that purse. I need to have that makeup, right? Mm-hmm. It's basically people selling out other people to make money, right? I want you to feel bad so that I can make money from this outfit, this clothes, this jewelry, this whatever. And social media, those platforms are created for the exact same reason. They are meant to make money. And again, that's something that is so helpful and is actually empowering to help our kids understand that. That this is not just a fun game; that they are not creating this out of the goodness of their hearts mm-hmm. to help us interact and socialize and be better people. You're that talking about
1: the social media social companies. media platform. Yeah. That
0: the social media platform is geared to make money. Right. You know, same thing with like pornography or whatever. These things. It's helpful to help for our kids and for us to remember they are not looking out for my best interest at all. You know, there was a great TED talk. I I wish I had it. If not, maybe I can give it to you for the show notes sure. or whatever. But the one of the guys, uh, one of the, the guy talks about how we cannot have true free speech when it is being moderated by a third party. Yeah, and that is what's going on on all of social media. So that is a huge, awesome discussion to have with kids, of what this really does to the conversation in the culture, but also the conversation between friends. Because I'm not just sharing my feelings and hey, I'm having a terrible day. I am curating my thoughts and feelings. And how you know how does that affect how we as adults speak to each other and function, but also as as kids. Mm-hmm. And that's again, it's one of those things that we really need to be brave enough to to really take a stand on with our kids of saying maybe kids don't belong on social media. Mm. Adults barely do. Yeah, most I, of us barely do. Uh, you know, let alone letting kids. You know, again, that's something you really have to think about with each individual child. And, um, I, and
1: I I suppose we'll probably talk a little bit more in depth on that uh, just to say to kind of get in here for a quick second I always love um, when people are like yeah Facebook won't let me share this and it's like yeah because it it's their business model they' they don't want they don't want to ruin their business model so of course they're going to algorithmically downplay whatever it is that you're posting duh they don't have to share they are a business just like you wouldn't. Put your competitors you know if you made shoes you wouldn't put your competitors shoes in your store they don't do that and people no. are like oh but it's my no it's not it's not at all what it is and knowing that that's what it is i think like you say is empowering but we forget it because everyone should be able to do it everyone has it all these things
0: and i think we because we, again we forget because we we are without realizing it, we're going to facebook and looking for truth mm-hmm. not realizing that this is a form of entertainment Mm -hmm. But I, but I know that with the amount of time that I've spent on social media for church callings and for my work, you know, we have, we have to remember, this is not where we go for truth, Mm. but it's also harder and harder to find real sources of truth, Mm. right? It used to, I used to feel like I went to CNN and I was getting the news. Mm -hmm. Now I go to CNN and I'm getting a political opinion. Mm -hmm. Same thing. If I go to Fox, same thing, if I go to MSNBC, And the same thing if I go to BBC, you know, I was telling a friend of mine, I can't believe I have to go to Al Jazeera news page (laughs) to find out what's going on outside of the Western world, because we are so Trump and COVID focused this year. I can't, I don't know what's going on. And I like to know what's going on in the rest of the world. But that's, you know, again, we forget that these are not sources of truth, Mm -hmm. that those sources are shrinking. And small, and we have to be very discerning as members of the church and as members of the world culture.
1: You know, there are a couple other things that, uh, as we talk about the harms as far as social media goes, that I feel like are worth addressing in that, uh, like attention span, uh, the ability to focus on things like that. I notice that for myself as well. You know, having having my phone and then wanting to check, and my wife will be like, "We we are literally talking right now." What did you want to look on your phone for? And I'm like, oh, oh I, I don't I, I just I don't I had some sort of compulsion to do that. That's one for me that like I I have had to, you know, sort of set up these controls that as an adult, I can recognize it as kids. Maybe they don't or uh, aren't as self-regulating. And then another thing, just sleep, whether it's that we're constantly being entertained by the social media or our phones, the electronics, stuff like that. Or what I find myself doing, being a keyboard warrior right before I go to bed and then making someone mad and then they make me mad and then I want to get the last word. But they're not going to bed yet. So they'll, you know, and we go back and forth until it's several hours later. Neither of us have changed our points of view. We end up, you know, either being like, oh, we'll forget it and blocking the other person or, <laughs> you know, just being like, well, that guy's an idiot and going to sleep, literally gaining nothing.
0: And then it's hard to go to
1: sleep. Yeah. I-
0: you know, I, I i I think it's interesting like the what I have to do to shut my brain off at night, like it, it is a total process of prayer and meditation hmm. to make that happen because I, you know at night, when my kids go to bed, that's sometimes when I will do a little more work mm-hmm. or I actually will do family history. That's when I can like get it done. And the next thing, and then I lay down and then it's like my brain wants to like rehash everything I just did. And I have to do this whole process. But I want to go back to what you said about attention span, because so I've done things differently with each kid, but I've also learned throughout the years what I've messed up on. And, you know, we held off with, you know, with smartphones for a long time. And my youngest now, who is 14, he has a flip phone. Mm -hmm. And I've told him he probably will not get a smartphone while living with us. But he may, if he does get it, it won't be until his senior year Mm -hmm. so that he can basically make mistakes while he's still living with us. But I want to give my kids as long as possible for that brain development before they get into this, because it is not just a time suck, but it is that attention span issue. I want my kids to be able to pay attention in a class. I want them to be able to read a book and enjoy it and not feel like they have to Click off or go somewhere else, which has, you know, of course, been a real challenge for me and every parent whose kids are doing online school right now. There is sure. no, there is no in-person school here in New Mexico right now. So my kids are spending a lot more time in front of screens, and I just, I have to, I just sit there and shake my head at it because it is, again, it is, it is damaging to have to spend that much time in front of a screen all day without always being productive. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Again, it's very hard to just sit there in game for two hours or go through social media for an hour and then feel good about it afterward yeah. and to feel that sense of accomplishment, to feel like I've, you know, I'm a I've produced something, I've created something. And so that's something that we just we have to be aware of as parents and even for ourselves that we want to keep that attention span. That is it's something that is so underrated. Mm-hmm. You know, when we when I first started in this business, we you know, we would do a little we would do commercials for Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. And they would say they would say at the very very beginning, they would say you have 2 minutes. You have 2 minutes to send your message. Mm-hmm. Then that got cut to 1 minute. Mm-hmm. Then it got cut to 30 seconds. Now it's somewhere between 4 and 8 seconds. That that is where you got to get your message to people in 4 to 8 seconds. That is pathetic. Yeah. But that is where we are as a culture. And that's where we have to, you know, again, teach our kids to have face-to-face interaction. And we have to keep that up as adults, you know, whether we're single, married, we have to keep those skills. It's kind of like going on a date with your, your partner, mm-hmm. you, you know, keep, if you want to keep that marriage going, yeah, then you better go on a date once a week, look each other in the eye, have a conversation share meals together these little things that seem simple but will save a marriage and it's the same thing with saving your own sanity and helping your kids develop into healthy happy adults is these little things of teaching them about face to face interaction you know completing a task you know, finding coping skills that make you feel good about yourself instead of worse. You know,
1: there's a lot of stuff to pick up in what you just said. I would say uh, one of the things that we have found successful as far as the date goes we have no phone dates where mm-hmm. we're not allowed to bring phones because otherwise we would find ourselves, even at the restaurant, right? Like food's taken a couple minutes. We could be like, hey, how are you? And instead it's, you know, you have your phone, I have mine. And, and I remember being single and going, I'm never going to be that couple. I don't ever want to be that couple that has their phones out. So that's sort of a hack. I do have to ask you, you probably have been told you are the worst parent in the world because you don't allow your kids to have a smartphone, right? Do you get that from your
0: kids? <sighs> I've gotten, well, because I have been doing this for a long time, that I've had these conversations, two of them did not had did not have smartphones at the time, so they already understood my stance. Mm-hmm. I definitely got the you, you know, I'm the only kid in class without a smartphone. Yeah, all it takes is about five minutes of research of talking to the teacher or talking to one other parent to find out that is absolute garbage. <laughs> so parents, please don't ever fall for that. I'm the only kid in class without a phone lie 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 <laughs> lie um secondly um my oldest she started with the smartphone because we were I had just started in this movement about seven years ago and so we had we waited till eighth grade we thought we were being really great yeah parents well like,
1: we're gonna put it right off now. eighth
0: yeah. grade and like nope mistake that was that was a bad choice so the next child we thought well we'll wait till he's in high school gave him the smartphone in ninth grade. Mm-hmm. Such a time suck. The YouTube, the gaming, we took his phone away his junior year Mm. okay, and gave him a dumb phone. Mm -hmm. This was a huge, huge thing in our family. Now, it was not a massive eruption, but I could tell it pissed that kid off (laughs) no Mm -hmm. end, Yeah, right? Like super pissed because that was such a coping mechanism. That was his pacifier. That was his binky, Mm -hmm. you know, and we took his binky away and uh, it was hard. Yeah. And, but I feel very proud of having done that. I basically was fixing a mistake that I had made that again, this very adult tool of a smartphone was not working in this kid's life. And even with my daughter, you know, it was not a porn issue, but with my daughter, it was social media. Mm-hmm. She was on Instagram so much. She had four different accounts, Wow. a photography page, um, a personal close friend page, a page that anyone, like any friend could see at school. And then like a church LDS quotes page, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Which sounds lovely and nice, but again, time suck and addiction. You Mm -hmm. know, she would keep her notifications on so Mm -hmm. she could hear all those little likes coming in, Mm -hmm. those little shoulder pats. It drove us nuts. And we realized this, but we were dumb in thinking, oh, well, we we already gave her the smartphone. We can't take it back. That is the dumbest thing any of us as parents can do. (laughs) Please note that's part of that repentance process. You can repent as parents and make and make up for the mistakes you made because that was a huge mistake for us and we should have taken it back. We did do tech breaks, we did tech fasts, stuff like that, but it wasn't enough for my daughter. Hmm. And then for my son, we just were like, this is not working for our family. This is we don't this we're losing this child, is what we realized. Because all it would take was a few days off of the computer, we'd go on vacation and we would get our son back. It was his sweet, fun self, and people, we forget that. that is it's that that yucky teenagery stuff. It doesn't have to be that way, you know, if taking so that was a huge blessing in our lives was taking that phone away so that we could get our son back. And so my youngest knows, like I said, he probably will not get a smartphone. And we certainly, with my son, the that is now a senior, we did not let him on social media. Mm-hmm. So of course, we heard the all my friends are on it. You know, this is how I talk this is how I would talk to my friends, and we realized, no, he that that's garbage. Mm. My son without social media was one of the most popular kids at school, one of the probably the most popular kid in our ward, Mm -hmm. because he was fun, intelligent, a good leader, et cetera. And then, you know, very outgoing. My other son that's an introvert, both of them are doing just fine Mm -hmm. without smartphones and social media. You know, and so that's something that I think we need to remember as parents. And I'm not saying that if a parent, if you give your child a smartphone, you're a bad parent, but we have to realize that just because it has become normative parenting in our day and age, that people are giving their kids smartphones, that doesn't mean it's a good thing or it's healthy or helpful, you know. So, so, so let me ask you
1: this. So say that there's a parent that's listening and maybe it's the giving of the phone or maybe they realize that there's a problem with their own interaction with the phone. And we're not saying specifically like porn or anything like that, maybe just usage of time or or self-esteem or whatever the thing is. Yeah. Like how 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 does the conversation um, sound? Maybe we talk about it with our kids in this instance, like, hey, I gave you this phone. Huge mistake. You take it back and then be like. Does it need to be more than that? How do so, we engage in that? Because that that is so part we had, of yeah. oh, the so repentance a, kind of thing that you're talking yeah. about. How do we do well, that?
0: So we had so when we we had talked to our son and say, like, you know, we're really worried about how much, you know, time you're spending on this, blah, blah, blah. And so for that particular kid, so we would like also the phone would be able to shut down because again, because of circle go, you can shut down certain things at a certain time. Like so the phone would go off at 10 o'clock at night right? To make sure he got enough sleep, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But again, we found that even with those where we're like, you need a tech break. We're going to take a break for a week, two days, whatever. Those things just weren't enough. Mm-hmm. They might be enough for your child where they're like, okay, yep. I'm going to take a break every weekend or every Sunday or once a month for two days. And those things didn't work. So then when it came time, we knew that it would be a, we were, we were, we didn't know if it would be like an explosion mm-hmm. like a, of anger, so when i so i ordered the phone that it was a gab wireless so it looks like a smartphone but it's not mm-hmm. and i i ordered it i didn't tell him i but my husband and i had discussed it for a couple of months we were like we need to just we need to stop he this is not working but he, we like that he texted friends do you know what i mean like we did not mind that mm-hmm. we're like yeah text your friends call him that's great but we um so we uh we surprised him mm. so he came home from school one day and yeah. i said I have a surprise for you. Uh oh. And I gave him the phone. And I, like I said, I was expecting like eruption and there wasn't. Hmm. And we just said, this is not working, okay? And we laid out, these are the things that are happening with the gaming, the time. We need you to focus in on school. We notice you're being more belligerent when it comes to chores and da-da-da-da. Because that was the kind of stuff we noticed with this over-tech use, this huge amount of screen time. Can you please do the dishes? <sighs> Why don't you do them? You know, like- <laughs> Like like who are you? Right. And so again, I think parents forget that and they become afraid. And that's where it's a tough choice, but my kid was worth it. Hmm. My my it was worth my son's psyche and his soul. His was worth the trial of that month or so of the transition because that was a huge transition for him. And it was like I said, it wasn't easy. It wasn't like oh, piece of cake. It was tough. Mm -hmm. It was tough. But like I said, my son was worth it. Mm -hmm. I hope your kids are worth it. Um, That to make these tough choices, because very few kids can handle it. I would say out of all the kids, and I speak all over the country to many parents and many teenagers in and out of the church. And I would say about 5% of Latter-day Saint kids can handle the responsibility of this. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And most of, and I'm talking, I have good kids, Sure. Young young women medallion eagle scout projects the whole business okay mm-hmm. good kids mm-hmm. they can't handle it yeah this it is a very tough thing for those even for adults okay our brains are done developing and we have trouble yeah right we didn't grow up with it and we have trouble so what is it going to do in a teenage brain this is really really big stuff and we there are so many layers to this to the psychological the physical, the emotional, the social effects that these smart, the research is just starting. And to me, it is just tip of the iceberg because Mm -hmm. it's still new. We're going to have to wait 20 years. I'm not going to wait 20 years to see if this was okay or not for my kids. I can see with my own eyes that this has not worked for either of my, for, for my two older kids. And so for my younger son, I'm fixing that and doing the best I can. Now that doesn't mean I'm a perfect tech mom. You know, they still will sometimes spend a, you know, a bunch of time playing Minecraft or something. And I come in and be like, what are you doing? You know, how long have you been on the computer? You know, whatever. But for my family and for their attention span for, like I said, their spiritual health, mental health, they they need less tech than they have now. So...
1: So I want to ask you about this. You know, so so oftentimes with our kids, they think that everything is the end of the world because they don't have the bigger perspective. And and in some cases, taking away something like a phone would be the end of their world, right? The end of their sociality, etc. Is there ever any concern that you have with alienating a kid that it would lead to things like self-harm or, you know, suicidal ideation or even attempt?
0: That's a that's a great question because that is definitely something that I was concerned about um with my daughter in thinking that if I took her off social media or um that that it would um that it would have those effects, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That that was a coping skill, etc., and I was wrong. She was already learning, she already had that stuff while being on social media, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So the social media was getting her off of that would have only helped, right? She was already being exposed to so much of that and there like there's you know, your, your child is, is not going to start self-harming because you just took them off um, Instagram. Okay. Believe me, it will only help the situation, but they, they will, you know, definitely have trouble say, like say interacting with certain people, but they will, they always find a way. Yeah. So to me saying, Oh, that's going to lead them to suicide. Because again, that is what I thought five years ago, because that is what ex- other experts were saying. This is where they live and this is their social you're going to you're basically going to make them commit social suicide if yeah. you take them off of social media and that's just not true. Yeah. They have friends at school, they have friends at church, they have friends that they can text and call.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay? And they that that interaction is so much better than the 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 back and forth. It's like when my daughter started dating in high school. The first boy, I let her know, I said this is not going to be a texting relationship. Where you just text each other, mm-hmm. whatever. You guys have to call each other and talk to each other. And my daughter is very introverted and she was like, <gasps> like she was terrified of that. And we have some different, like little question books. You know, what mm-hmm. would you do with a million dollars? Yeah. You know, those what, kind you of conversation you know? starters, those conversation things. And so she grabbed one and started using that. And a couple of weeks later, she came back to me and she was like, this is so awesome. Mm. She was like, I love this. She was like, "I'm, I'm so glad you said that. One of those few times that a teenager was like, "Okay, hey, thank <laughs> I you." I was going to say, role. "This
1: does not sound like a teenager," but yeah, but
0: she was so grateful because she was actually building intimacy and a real friendship with this boy, mm-hmm. and so that's what set the pattern. She basically taught in high school four different boys how to date by having interaction and phone calls with them. Versus, hey, what are you doing? See you Nothing. later. Oh, yeah. What are you doing? Nothing. Nothing. Want to do something? Okay, sure. bye. <laughs> I mean, she had. She would tell me about like her friends that they would they would text and see each other maybe once every 3 weeks and that was a boyfriend girlfriend. Hmm. I was like, no, uh-uh, I need you to have human interaction and learn those dating skills so that you know how to date when you're in, when it matters, when it's in college, you know. So that was again, that's that was part of that that bigger picture that we have to have as parents of you know, because I have a lot of parents who are, they're so proud of themselves that their kids aren't dating because their their whole thing is, oh, now my kid's not having sex. I'm like, yeah, but your kid's watching two hours of porn a night right. and, ga- and gaming. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness he's not dating. Like, yeah. no, like we need our kids to date. We need our kids to, you know, interact with people so that they know how to be a human and can build real relationships as adults, you know? So we we have to think about that big picture because our kids are not. They want to be right here in their phones and just the day-to-day, that little, you know, oh, I got a like. Oh, I got a hundred likes. You know, yes, it would be difficult. That's why I would say, if you can, if your kids are young, hold off on social media as long as possible. Even if you, you know, I mean, we had tears. We had everything. Oh, my, my friends are, you know, we've, I've heard it all. And you have to take a step back and really think about this, you know, how is this going to benefit my child? Only just like you would with anything in life, you're not going to give your kids, you know, garbage to eat, Right. why would you give your kids garbage to consume hmm. with social media? And it's, you know, there's a lot of things you can do though if your kids are already on, you know, like you can be friends with them on social media so you can see what's going on, but I can't, I've lost track of the number of parents who have told me about how many secret accounts their kids had right? Yeah. Most kids have some kind of secret fin stuff. They have, you know, they have a Snapchat account that they don't, they have a Snapchat account on their friend's phone, right? Mm -hmm. So your kids are going to find ways around this and all you can do is your best, right? So you're going to make mistakes. Your kids are going to make mistakes, but all I'm asking you is to please do your best. That's all heavenly father asks of us. Yeah. He that, That is what grace is for. And that's why we are relying on grace. That's why, you know, what works in my family may not work in your family, but I also hope that parents are taking note of this in the sense that I have read all the research, and then I have done what experts said to do, and it still had problems, a lot of problems, because that's, social media, although it can be such a game changer, like literally you can change the world with your cell phone these days. You can start a movement, you can help somebody, you know, get out of prison, you can help that's been wrongly accused, you can help, you know, support a rape victim. There's so many things that we can do that are good and wonderful mm-hmm. but are like I said 95% of our kids aren't ready for it. And so yeah, you can roll the dice. If you want to roll the dice with your kids, yeah. Psyche, go ahead, but think, please please be very careful just slow down on it. Yeah. Slow down on giving kids phones, slow down on social media because the 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 benefits The benefit is this big and the problems are this big. So think about it.
1: I want to take another break. uh, And when we come back, something that you said very early on, I want to try and bring this all together in sort of a gospel setting. It's where do we search for truth and how that may relate with social media. So we'll come back. We'll do that in the third block of the cultural hall. (laughs)
2: When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit Lennondesign.com. Hey, this is Dan, the Laptop Man from PC Laptops. I know we're going through a lot right now. Many states are quarantining people to their homes so that they have to work remotely. One of the things that's really important is to have a computer that's functioning correctly. One with a good webcam. One that's fast so you can be productive. One that has a good quality screen because you're going to be on this all day remotely. Computer supply has been strained because manufacturing has almost stopped. At PC Laptops, we've secured a limited quantity of laptop and desktop computers that are backed with a lifetime service guarantee. They're available for you right now in limited quantity. The great thing about PC Laptops is this. Once you buy your new computer, if you have any problems or questions, we're here to take care of you. Also, to make it really easy right now, We've arranged with some banks to offer 12-month special financing. Get into PC Laptops right now, because at PC Laptops, we're here for you, and we're in this together. PCLaptops.com. Here in the
1: third block of the Cultural Hall, do not forget that you can be a part of that uh, group of really nerdy folks that just love the Cultural Hall. It's called the Cultural Hall Back Row. You can find it on Facebook. I know we told you not to spend time on social media. It seems like (laughs) we're telling you one thing. And then telling you to do another thing. But it's, it's great. It's where we are able to go on tangents about various things that we talk about in each of the episodes. You can be there. You can hang out. It's just a bunch of fans of this show. So please uh, check it out. It's called the Cultural Hall Back Row. Now, Dina, um, you said, actually, before we get to the truth part, I want to ask you, when was the last time that you went on a vacation where your phone didn't get service? Have you done that yes. recently?
0: Not recently, where like, but like, where there just wasn't even the option.
1: Yeah, or where you made the conscious decision, phones off, not going to use them. Because I didn't really realize this until uh, until you were kind of talking about some of the things with social media or whatever. I have most of my vacations in the last five years are places where they don't have cell service. And it wasn't a conscious choice like, hey, I want to go to this place because it doesn't have cell service. It just has terrible or no existent cell service. And I actually come back from said vacation like feeling refreshed, feeling like I really connected with my wife, all of these various things that I don't know that I put it together with the absence of social media within that until you were speaking.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think So it's like I know a couple of national parks. Yeah. that I've been to like I know Yosemite was that was like 5 years ago. I'm trying to think. Like, oh, uh, and, lot, and people... I also go on I also sometimes go on vacation just by myself. Yeah. with yeah. my with my husband and kids back here and so I have to have the phone. Sure. Sure. case but I uh so I'm trying to think cuz it's like what well, I don't know it's but, been so it's been a few years. But to any I've... but to
1: anyone that feels like oh man how how would I even know how would I even do this? Like, I remember back when I was married the first round, I went on a cruise and on cruises, on yes. ships, you don't have self-service right. at all. And I was like, we are having lots of conversations. We are, you know, sitting at dinner and talking and all of these things. And, and, and it was crazy the difference uh, of not being able to have service and do that. And then also sort of funny, too, when people are like, oh, why can't I get a signal anywhere? Why can't I talk? And it's just like, OK.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's, it's a good it's a good wake up call. So I, but I, but you make a good point in that you kind of noticed those conversations. I think what my husband and I do is we we have started little habits in the last few years and then so they just carry over so that when we are on a date our phones stay in the car mm-hmm. or stay in the purse. They don't even come out. So I think you know whether it's on a vacation that you can, you know, unplug like that but also just in your day to day. I'm a big fan of having tech-free zones. You know, mm-hmm. our dinner, we never have our phones at the dinner table unless it's to like go and get it to do a scripture because we do come follow me during dinner for my family. Oh, cool, Right. But other than that, we don't like, we have certain places where we just don't have our phones out, you know, and that we, we always really asked our kids, you need to bring paper scriptures to church. I don't want you even on your phone because again, it's right there. So it's so easy to just click over to yeah. Facebook and see what's going on. So it's just, I'd rather have my kids with paper scriptures because they don't have the control. I have the control to just look at my scriptures during church and put it away.
1: Good for you. I do not. And so
0: so it took a while, yeah. but so practice it to me, it's about practice. Like you said, whether that's planning your vacations. Cause I, like I have a friend who they go to Maine for a month wow. every year. And I don't know if it is now, but I know the first several years that I knew them, there was no cell service there. They had to go into town to get that. But that was a full month of that. Mm. And that they would. They would come back different people.
2: Yeah. And
0: that should tell us something about yeah. this, that we want to have those experiences, even if it's just we have it one day a month, two days a month. That's a gift you're giving to yourself. It's not something you're taking away. You know Those little things that you can do for yourself every, every day, once a week. It's that, but it, it takes practice. Just like any skill, it takes practice. I even have reminders in my phone to put it away.
2: <laughs> I have a
0: reminder in my phone to read the scriptures. I put my my phone away and I, I read. You know, use the technology to help you have your sanity, but maybe even get rid of technology a little bit. But I know I need those reminders. We sure. get, that is we get so caught up in what we're doing every day. Oh, I gotta go do this. I gotta do that. Oh, I gotta send this email. Da, da, da. Put the reminder in there. You know, put me away. You know, or I know that this. I know that my Apple phone has a like a like a thing to tell you when to go to bed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's super helpful because I am someone that I can just keep working, keep doing family history till one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. I need that. Hey, Time to go.
1: Go be to a bed. Grown, yep. Go
0: be a grown up now. So,
1: so as we relate this kind of in the end towards uh, to where we can find truth. What's the what's the relation maybe between all of this and the gospel or? You know, how, how we do find the the truth or, you know, the focus on the, the, I don't want to say the right and proper things, but that's, I guess, what comes to the tip of my tongue. But like the things that will do good for us, the things that do build us up, the do the things that, that make us better people. What how, how does all this relate to all of that?
0: So I often think about it in terms of uh, that one uh, Dallin Oaks talk, Good, Better, Best. Mm-hmm. Right. That there is, and we even like created a little guide on our, on one of our, one of my two websites about that's a good, better, best for media. And that to me is with technology, with social media, there are good, you know, say you're on Instagram, there are good accounts to follow. There are better, there are best. You, I didn't really, there is tons and tons of wonderful, they're not just LDS, but they're good pages. Like I love Humans of New York. Mm -hmm. That is something that is so fascinating. When I read the story, sometimes it's uplifting. Sometimes it's sad. Sometimes it's just a punch to your gut of truth, Mm -hmm. right? Of Mm -hmm. somebody's life. And that's the kind of stuff I like, right? So you can have those things that are programmed into your media, just like you can have rating systems plugged into your Netflix so that you are not getting inundated with R-rated stuff. Right. Because I know that I'm tempted. I have to have my Netflix at age 14 and down because otherwise I will click on that bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I'm, oh, that looks interesting. Oh, that yeah. looks like a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> I might miss something. Right. And so I know that I need those little things put in place for myself. And so, and then to just also plan, it's kind of like planning for success. Right. Mm -hmm. I want to plan for success. So, when I that you make those date, those rules, like, oh, I'm going to go on a date, I'm not going to take my phone. I'm only going to watch this for two hours. I'm only like this movie or whatever. But it's you have to kind of have those things in place. So, the first thing that I find helpful is every few months, I would say quarterly, about we do some kind of inventory of our media use. One, I am always totally surprised at how much screen time, not just what my kids are getting, but what I'm getting, Mm -hmm. but also how much time with work? And what types of things am I reading? Am I looking at? And then see, and then adjust where things need to be adjusted. You know, am I watching too many, ne- especially in 2020, uh, I will get it caught up in negative news stories. Now there's nothing sinful about that, sure. but it makes me feel like crap. Yeah. So I have to shut that off. I have to not click on that stuff, right? So I have other things there. I start my day off listening to one or two conference talks. Just to kind of like clear my brain and to have a little dose of truth in the morning, mm. right? Then I go do my workout. I do other things, but I have these things put in place so that I can plan for success. If I don't plan these things, yeah, I'm going to sleep in because it's COVID. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to, and I work from home. I'm going to, you know, maybe I'll work out, maybe I won't. I'm going to eat whatever I want. I have to plan for success. That's what works for me in planning where I look, you know, I have to make sure that. I'm not going to spend too long on a new site because I know it makes me feel terrible and I have to really think and pray about what is truth and where am I going to find it. Like I said, I don't find a lot of truth out there online. I have it is it's very small. I find truth in the scriptures, I find truth in general conference talks and then and then, and I have to be very selective with the other things that I look at. Out of the best books, you know, seeky words of wisdom. I'm reading a great book right now, you know, called "Stamped from the Beginning," the definitive history of racism in America. Hmm. Right? It's a tough read. It's a tough read, but it's a dose of truth. I'm a. I used to read a lot of fiction, and again, that was kind of my my outlet. Yeah, some would some
1: would say that that's another way that you could numb out, right? You just Mm -hmm. absorb into the fiction, but
0: and that's okay. Yeah, and it's and there's times for that. Sure. I I used to not watch television at all. Mm -hmm. You know, for a while there were several years where I just I just did not watch TV. And then I slowly, you know, and now that is like an unwind time for me. Every day I watch and every night I watch an episode of the Great British Baking Show, even if I've already <laughs> seen it three or four times. I just, it's very relaxing to me, mm-hmm. right? There's nothing particularly magnan- you know, magnificent that I'm learning, but that's my zone out, you know, and, you know, reading, but it's that good, better, best at look at everything you do, my social media, the books I'm reading, the time I spend. Is this in that good, better, or best use of my time? Hmm. And revisit that every once in a while. Again, put a reminder in your phone <laughs> for once a year to do this, right? To revisit, how am I doing with this? Where have I made progress? And where am I am I lacking? Because that's where all of us, you know, none of us are doing this perfectly. And we, we constantly need little ideas. And find those, you know, those, if you're going to be on social media, find those accounts find those friends of yours that are really going to be lifting you up. Don't be afraid to get rid of friends on social media right. that are that are a downer, mm-hmm. right? That are that are just spewing forth hatred and anxiety. Maybe they have good intentions, but maybe it's just it's giving you anxiety and making you you know when there's enough of that this year. There's enough of that yeah. that we need all of those lifelines that we can including, like I said, scripture study, to me, that's a huge one to center me every day. I have to have it. Maybe you're good enough that you don't need it, but I need no. that daily manna. I need it every day, even if it's five or 10 minutes. I have to have that so that I can be a human being.
1: You know, it's interesting, as you were talking, I thought of the the parable in the scriptures where it's the rich man, right? And uh, he goes, he says, listen, I've been doing all these great things and all this. And he's like, oh, you know, Christ is like, yeah, give give all that you, that, that you have and then follow me. And he's like, I'm not doing that. Like yeah. I swear, I swear that uh, for some, like that, we also are like that, right? Like I'm doing the best by my family, blah 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 blah. blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, give up social media. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa,
0: <laughs> whoa, come on,
1: come on. That no way, no, uh, whatever, something else. You know, you want me to, you know, do this grand feat? Sure, you bet. You want me to whatever all these other things are? But no, I'm I'm absolutely not going to do that.
0: It's it's like that um that talk that I don't remember who gave it, but they said you know a lot of a lot of members will be happy to move across the country if God commanded, but they don't want to walk across the street to meet their neighbor. Right, (laughs) And that's, that's definitely huge. And I really, I honestly would not be surprised if the prophet came out in the next five or 10 years and said, you need to get off social media. Hmm. Hmm. You know, can you imagine that would be, that would be a huge trial for us, for a lot of us. That would be, Oh, you know, know, but that's, but think about it in terms of, you know, what is, what is benefiting me? How is this making me a better person? Or is it, if it's not minimize it, you know, is this good? Yeah, there's good parts. You can tell someone happy birthday. You can comfort somebody. I hope you're using those opportunities to use tech for good, right? Mm -hmm. To build people up, to reach out to an expert. That is like the only thing I find redeemable on Twitter, I hate Twitter. It's the mm. dumbest thing ever. However, it is the only place that I have been able to reach out to an expert on the other side of the world and have them get back to me in 30 minutes. Yeah. I and, love that. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm. That's something our our parents and ancestors never could have even dreamed of, right? Yeah. So again, there are redeemable pieces in all of this, but it's minimizing all the other garbage sifting through to find that truth. And that's maybe the greatest challenge of our day and for our children. Mm-hmm. Is sifting through the mountains and mountains of information that, that is useless and finding those little diamonds of truth.
1: Uh, Dina, there is three questions we ask everyone who steps into the cultural hall, and I'll ask those of you right now. The first question is: Is do you have a calling, and if so, what is it? Hmm.
0: Uh, I have a couple callings right now, but they just happened with you know with COVID. They're weird. Oh, I just got called to be a Sunday school teacher to teenagers again.
1: Are you teaching online? <laughs>
0: No, that one hasn't started yet oh, okay. because of okay. COVID. Okay. Um, and then I am also the activities person for the relief society. Okay. So I'm in I'm in charge of all the activities like all,
1: all those activities no. that are going on right now.
0: Yeah. All of them. <laughs> well, like I had like yesterday, I, like yesterday I had to conduct a discussion group about a general conference talk. Okay. So that's what they asked me to do. So I, I did that via zoom. And so, yeah, I basically just do what they asked me to do.
1: Okay. All right. If you could pick a calling for yourself, either one that exists or make one up, what would you pick?
0: Ooh, that's tough. Okay. Oh, a couple. Okay. So when my husband was the bishop, I got to teach the marriage enhancement Sunday school.
1: That's a great class.
0: I loved that. I taught, I've taught that several different times throughout my life and Mm -hmm. I love it. It is the best discussions. It's good for my marriage. It's good for other people's marriages. So I love that one. In Texas, I had a, like an experimental calling that at first I hated, Mm -hmm. but then I came to really love it was, um, I was the community service Leader in my ward, and I reported to the stake PR person, so it was like a new thing. But Mm -hmm. I had to find service projects for the ward, right? Which ended up being awesome for my family because it was also at the time when they had, and I am a, and I was a stranger, so I started doing. We did did all these projects with the uh, refugee center in San Antonio. Cool. I loved that, and my kids got to. It was so eye opening when they found out that there were people coming to this country with a backpack full of stuff, and that is it. Like, I just loved that because it was so good for me and my kids. Very humbling to just wake up to that. So that was a, I could, I would do that one. I would want that one again.
1: That's cool. And especially the experimental nature of it. I know that that doesn't exist in, in every ward or certainly every stake. The last question that we ask everyone is, and you can interpret it however you would like, is what is your favorite part of your faith?
0: Ooh, I would say the temple and temple covenants and the, the power and the doors that that opens. Um, my husband is way into family history, and so he got me into family history. And that is something that I feel very strongly in my life, that as we are doing that work for the dead, that we are like basically opening the doors to have all of these angels and ancestors guiding us, looking out for us, looking out for our children, our loved ones. And I feel like those are a protection to all of us, that they can, that they're helping us and guiding us, that we're not alone, like that scripture. And I think it's 1 Kings, wherever it is, where Elijah, remember they they uh, are surrounded and mm. his 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 servant says to him, you know, master, how shall we do? And he says, they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Mm. And the, he's like, what are you talking about? And then he shows, he's like, he prays that his eyes will be open. And then he, his eyes are open and the, the mountains are full of chariots and angels, mm. because that's, we forget about that with all the evil in the world and the sadness that, you know, we see like this and we don't realize that they're they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And that to me is so so important for us to remember as members, as individuals, as parents, that we're not alone, you know, that God is mindful of us and is we're not alone in this.
1: You mentioned uh, a couple times during our discussion today that you have stuff on a website that people can do, I'll include it in the show notes. But in case people don't go to the show notes, where would they find more about what you're doing?
0: So we are at educateempowerkids.org. And we have several books that are also available on Amazon. The most, the people that, one that people usually search for is how to talk to your kids about pornography mm-hmm. and our 30 days of sex talks for ages three to seven, eight to 11 and 12 plus. Um, those are all on Amazon. Our newest book is called Conversations with My Kids, 30 Essential Family Discussions for the Digital Age. All ki- So it has 30 f- discussions in there about things that our parents never really had to discuss with us. So all kinds of stuff in there. We also have a few children's books, like Noah's New Phone, a story about using technology for good. Mm-hmm. And then I've also recently written two children's books for LDS kids. One is called This is the Spirit of Revelation, and one is called Chloe has a question, a very important question, Mm -hmm. and that one is about, you know, if you have a, like, having a gospel question or a doubt, what do you do with that? Most of us, especially kids, don't know what to do with that, and I think our kids are facing that a lot, and like I said, all of those are available on Amazon. Cool.
1: Well, we hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body, that if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week, and that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, <laughs> we'll be saving a seat for you on the back row of the cultural hall.
0: Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat, on the back row, we really gotta go on the cultural hall show.